So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football, folks. With you, as always, Dustin Lunt, your host, and your co-host, Jake Trobedge. Jake, how are you doing this evening, sir? I'm, I'm good. I feel weirded out being on this side of the screen. <laughs> oh, that is weird. Can we can we change that? Oh, uh, is that better? I, I feel so much better. I, I can't handle the pressure of the side <laughs> switch there. Oh, science. <laughs> now that we've resolved that, I'm good to go. How okay, good. Oh, I, I'm doing much better now, because uh, let's be honest. Talking fantasy football is much better than a hard day of work, so I am really excited to be here. And we have a good episode uh, this week. We're, we're revisiting episode. our episode from the summer where we were doing Who'd You Rather, as opposed to talking kind of Dynasty. Uh, I think we we're a little bit more Dynasty focused on that episode. We're talking rest of this season for Redraft. Who'd you rather have on your team and why. So uh, we'll just pop them back and forth and have a lot of great discussion on it. Uh, but we do have our normal things to get out of the way here first. So, uh, Jake, you provided the beer this evening. So why don't you tell the folks out there what we are drinking tonight? This is from Lakefront Brewery. So a Milwaukee beer here, a Milwaukee beer, as you might say. Uh, it's called Moses. It's a fruit ale. It's made, and I, you're going to have to explain this part to me if you can. It's an ale made with Maris Otter malt. Mm-hmm. I don't know what those words mean, but I know blueberries, elderberries, and ginger, which are the flavors added in there. Do you know what Maris Otter malt is? Yeah, that, that um, really is just uh, malt from England. It's a specialty, not specialty. It's a it's a base malt from England. It has just a little bit different flavor profile than your typical U.S. two row, like the base malt for beers in the U.S. Uh, it's got a little bit more kind of biscuity and uh, bready flavor to it. So that that's the main difference there. Um, it's it's English still a base biscuit. malt. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. It's uh it's five point eight percent. Now, like the ginger is weird. In almost any beer, you have to do the ginger really well if you're going to have it in there. And especially with blueberries mm-hmm. and elderberries, that's kind of a weird combo. So I got it. Uh, I love the weird shit, as you know. So first impressions on this one here, Dustin, is it a yay or a nay? I would give it a yay. Um, not that it's outstanding by any means. Um, it's a fine beer. Uh, I You do get the ginger. I definitely get that ginger. Um, but the blueberry elderberry, I don't know. It's... It, it, there's that fruit flavor, but it's not like it's a. You can tell that that's what the fruit flavor is for me. Uh, but overall, mm-hmm. it's a solid beer. Like I said, Fair enough. I wouldn't necessarily go out and buy like a six pack of it, but maybe if I saw it out on a tap somewhere, I'd be like, oh, well, give that another try. It's another of those one and done type mm-hmm. of beers that I feel like I always tend to supply on this show, <laughs> where it's like I'm never bringing the sessionable beer, but I'm always bringing the one that's gonna at least intrigue. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, I think it accomplished that. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you really do get that ginger flavor, so I I, I enjoy it. I'm not gonna lie, it's it's kind of refreshing. Yeah, right. It's look, we're on the tail end of summer. We're not quite into official autumn, although I feel like next week we're gonna have to come equipped with an Oktoberfest. It's just is the season, but for one more week, we're just delaying the stretch 
uh, out of summer into autumn here. That's right. Dustin, I imagine that you like what is in your bottle or in your glass more than you like what is up next on the show sheet. Can I say that with confidence? You definitely can. So (laughs) I've got not one, but two bets to pay off this week. Uh, I'll be honest, one I will do here early in the show and then one I will do a little bit later on. I'm not going to do these back to back uh, because I am doing fireball to pay these off. So uh, I, you know, I'm not at Mardi Gras for God's sakes right now. I'm not doing just shots upon shots of uh, fireball here for funsies. So um, the first one was our head-to-head matchup in our home league this last week. Uh, Jake, you versus me. I was three and zero. You were zero and three. I think everyone can see where this is going here. Uh, let's just say your team just really overperformed. Uh, I want to say, and mine underperformed. I, you had Cordell Patterson on your bench with scoring ungodly amount of points, let alone Tyreek Hill scoring over 50 and Heineke scoring, what do you have, like 48 points in our league? He had a lot. Uh, he had a lot. It was, yeah, it, it was insanity. So needless to say, I did lose. So congratulations, Jake, on getting your first W of the season uh, for our home league. I'm coming for that home league championship now. It's just a delayed start is all. Now, I do want to, I got to say, you were talking a lot of trash leading up to this matchup. And you I was very so confident. Much, so much trash that I thought uh, it would be prudent to come back with a little post-game trash talk here. So I went ahead and put together a little a video just for you, Dustin, and for our viewers as well. Listeners, mark this spot on the show about four minutes in. You're going to want to head over to the YouTube page to check this out after the fact. But Dustin, this one's for you. Dusty, I'm curious now, what is your record in your home league? Oh, I'm 3-0. and oh. <laughs> yeah, It's going to be a beatdown this week. Yeah, it's going to be a beatdown this week. Even without CMC, I'm still just going to crush him. I'm still just going to crush him. I'm still just going to crush him. going to crush him, crush him, crush him, crush him, crush him. We just make a singular beer bet here and now for this week's matchup. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Every day I'm shuffling. <laughs> no, Dustin, did that did wow. that go on for a minute too long or a minute too short? I can't decide. I'm not sure. That one for two minutes too long. Holy man. <laughs> and you know, the thing about StreamYard is here with these videos, when you upload them, you have no idea how long they are. There's no like uh, little little meter there telling you how much is left. So I literally had no idea. I'd just sit and just watch you shuffle. <laughs> you just had and to just, deal uh, with it. And I love that. <sighs> For you uh, and for me, let's be honest. But uh, I just thought that was a fun little trip down memory lane for us to share together. Uh, and now when we get to play each other, hopefully in the playoffs of that, maybe there'll be another video on the horizon. Who knows? Yeah, that, that karma will come back and bite you for, for over-exuberant celebrations. <laughs> so, Jake, here you are. Congratulations on your victory against me in the home league. You earned it. 
Thank you, sir. I appreciate that very much. Ooh, hoo-hoo. that's a, it's been a while since a I've done one. some fireball. So before we move on, Jake, here we've got a trade question in the chat. So this is from Ryan. Thanks, Ryan, for uh, tuning in and dropping a line here in the chat. Uh, trade question: D Hop for Michael Thomas and Kelvin Ridley. So Ryan, are you still Ooh. in the chat here? Because um, could you specify Dynasty redraft? I'm assuming it's PPR. Um, yeah, we could get a little bit more details. Uh, that'd be PPR. great. Yeah, this is interesting. I, I mean, if this is, I'm hoping this is Dynasty. If it is redraft, I mean, Michael Thomas, though, could be coming back inside of a few weeks here. Mm-hmm. So for the tail end of the season, would you want Thomas and the underperforming Ridley? It looks right. like redraft. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Ridley underperforming. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about him a little bit later in the show. DeAndre Hopkins also kind of underperforming, a little bit banged up. Dustin, I don't know, man. I'm inclined to actually go with Michael Thomas and Calvin Ridley. So am I, only for the fact that, well, going into the season, I had Ridley ranked a little bit higher than than Hopkins. And yeah, he's underperforming right now, and I don't see that continuing the rest of the season. And while DeHop, like you said, is also underperforming a little bit, uh, with Michael Thomas coming back, I mean, that's only going to help that Saints offense, and you know he's going to get targets. So at yeah. worst, at worst, what, you're going to get a wide receiver two when he comes comes off of his injury? One would assume, yeah. At worst. So yeah, that that's why I would go for that side. It, I mean, because Ridley and D-Hop, they're, they're basically evening out more or less mm-hmm. at this point. Then, yeah, I think that's fair. And like you said, I'm sure coming into the season, most people had them very close in the rankings. Mm-hmm. You've already gone through the first four weeks, so you don't have to worry about that in terms of Michael Thomas's injury. So mm-hmm. put that behind you. The other roster uh, guy had to deal with that. And so now we have three weeks, hopefully, where after that he'll be back. You can stash Michael Thomas on your IR, hopefully, in the meantime and then wait for that boon to hit you. So, mm-hmm. great. We're in agreement here. Michael Thomas and Ridley sounds good. Yeah, let's hit up another question from the chat here before we move on. So, this comes from Chase. I have CD and Lockett as my wide receiver one and two. Do I need to make a trade, or are these guys okay season long? I don't have them on our show sheet to talk about further in, so this one is really interesting. Tyler Lockett had those incredible two games to start the season. And then he's done what Tyler Lockett always does. Mm-hmm. He kind of disappears every once it's in a while. It's very boomer You bust. have to acknowledge. Yeah, and you have to be able to ride that wave. And you have to be comfortable putting him in your lineup knowing that he could get four points, but also knowing he could get 40 points pretty easily. Mm-hmm. So as your wide receiver one and two, CeeDee Lamb is going to have better days, I think. He played a pretty tough Eagles defense. Uh, I think that ship can get righted, and I still have faith. I have him in my home league started him i will probably continue to start him so i'm still comfortable with it uh it's just up to your comfort level chase yeah and i am all about um cd lamb i mean he's this is his first four weeks here uh target share percentage for the team 26 percent, 33 percent, 12 percent and 22 percent i mean he's he's getting fed the ball it just hasn't turned into the yards and touchdowns like we had hoped so uh, and that Dallas offense is just going to be slinging the ball all season long. So uh, I would feel very confident with CD as my wide receiver one. 
and, and things will turn around for him. I'm I'm confident there. And then Lockett, I mean, he's a solid wide receiver too. Yeah, you're gonna have those boom and bust weeks, but I mean those boom weeks, they're gonna win you your your week, hands down. And hopefully on those kind of bust weeks, it's not so bad where it's gonna lose you your week. Uh, but I, I, I like that as my wide receiver one and two. Absolutely. So I would stick with those guys. Yeah, we're not panicking on either then right now. Just, right. You know, we're four weeks in. Mm-hmm. We'll be all right. Yep. So um, the next beer bet payout, which I will be paying this out uh, in a little bit here. Not not quite right away. Uh, so our, our, <laughs> oh, our, we- our, our weekly bet here was Aaron Jones versus Najee Harris. Rushing and receiving yards. So not PPR points, just rushing and receiving yards. Uh, I I took Najee Harris. And I just want to say for the record, if it was PPR points, I would have handedly beat you on this one. But that was not the bet. That was not the bet. bet. Nope. So uh, Najee had a total of 91 yards. And Aaron Jones had a total of 99 yards. So I lost that one as well. Uh yeah, so I will be paying that off here with another shot of fireball in a little bit. Let the tum tum settle from that first one, uh, but I, I will give you your proper uh, due when when I do the shot, Jake. Uh, as as we are gentlemen and do so to each other on these bets, uh, totally different <laughs> from our home league bet, but uh, we are gentlemen That's for the fair. rest of them. So <laughs> That's totally fair, and I will say it took a big man to take. Najee, the competition going against the Packers when you mm-hmm. could have easily just been the homer and went Aaron Jones. So, and the fact that it came down to the wire like that, of course, just makes it all the sweeter. So, yeah, uh, no, no, no hard feelings there. All right, should we move into our favorite segment here, Jake? You're goddamn right. Drunk, 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 this week's trade comes from Reddit. Again, this is from Double Philosopher 7. I am awestruck at the fact that there were multiple double philosophers, uh, <laughs> or maybe seven is just a really important number to them. Either way, the format for this is PPR redraft. That's great. That's the mode we're in here. Uh, they say, and this was as of about a month ago, they submitted this, but just got onto it here. Just recently did one, they say, again, a month ago. They got Allen Robinson. They gave up Josh Jacobs and Jamar Chase. Says might not have been the best trade, but I don't feel terrible about it. Dustin, would you now feel terrible about it? Yes. Very simple, (laughs) yes. Uh, Jamar Chase... Uh, he is the real deal. Uh, all that uh, hubbubaloo in the preseason about him not being able to catch footballs or whatnot uh, has gone away. Uh, he has looked outstanding this first four weeks of the season. And then Josh Jacobs, he's just a solid RB2. And he's never going to get the you know receiving load that we had all hoped for. And I think, you know, people that I trust in the Debbie community, you know, they had said that uh, he does he can catch the ball. They're just choosing not to use him in that fashion in Las Vegas for whatever reason. But he still is a solid RB2 when healthy. Uh, and Alan Robinson, I love him. I feel like he's perpetually just undervalued a little bit, but he's just not doing it. And until that situation in Chicago gets resolved, because uh, they're flip-flopping between Dalton and Fields and 
Nick Foles maybe could be coming in and play. I mean, it's just a bunch of mind games and you can't get any sort of consistency or rhythm when you're changing out your quarterbacks every week. So uh, for that reason, I would take the Jacobs and Jamar Chase side. Yeah, it's tough to argue against it. Allen Robinson, if he didn't get right against Detroit and the way that you hoped he would, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that was a pristine matchup for him. They mm-hmm. even had better play calling out there. I believe Laser was the one actually calling plays this past week, and that was beneficial for Justin Fields, but it didn't make Allen Robinson this smash play still. So it's concerning, and yeah, I got to agree with you. Even if it was just Chase at this mm-hmm. point, I would take that side. And like I said, Jacobs is fine. He's no mm-hmm. frills. He's steady when available. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely side with that. Well, especially, sorry, double floss. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know it was a redraft. I was going to say if it was Dynasty, like then you're getting the years on Chase uh, on that side. But since it's redraft, yeah, I would still take him at this point just because he's been just lighting it up and... What else, I don't know what to say. Yeah, he's good. He's a good receiver. Yes. He's a great Shocker. Receiver Shocker. Yeah. The number one consensus wide receiver in this draft is good. Weird. <laughs> I need a fucking sleep through preseason next year. I need to remember to not pay attention to any of these bullshit blurbs that come mm-hmm. out in preseason. And I can tell that to myself now. I can set an alert for this time or for, you know, 11 months into the future. I'm still not going to do that because I'm an idiot. But of course. It would be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, one more here before we do our ad break and get into the show here. Um, Cordell or Patterson, a start going forward? Blue to bear. Uh, I have Cordero Patterson in my home league. I sat him, as Dustin said, this past week, and it's the last time I will sit him until he busts. Basically, is his snap percentage there? No. <laughs> Are the targets there? Sure. Were the touchdowns there? Yes, he got three of them, and that's unsustainable. But the fact that he is becoming at 30 years old as a primarily a kick returner, uh, becoming such a valuable fantasy asset, I can't overlook that, and I won't. So I'll start him unless I have just dynamite running backs. Yeah, I, I would be in the same boat if I had him. It's If I have him and I'm not real confident on my other running backs, yes, I would start him. Otherwise, I think he's he's a good flex play depending on the matchup. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, there, there's my answer. Luda Bear, stick around because we are going to talk about uh, Cordero just a little bit later in the show. And we have a pretty, I think, enticing option on the other side of him. And I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about that, Dustin. Mm-hmm. All right. But before we get into that, Jake, why don't you give a read from our sponsor? Our favorites in the world do you like beef jerky? Don't lie. I know you do. <laughs> and if you do, you are going to freaking love Poor Richard's Farms. 100% grass-fed beef snack sticks. Uh, I'm just going to cut to the chase here. Life is better with beef jerky. Sundays are better with beef jerky. And everything is better with this particular beef jerky. Uh, we were not disappointed when we tried these. And they will continue mm-hmm. to be a staple in my household. We love all the flavors. There's the teriyaki maple. There is... The mesquite flavored. With that heat, that little bit of heat, Dustin, it's fucking where it's at. So you go on over to poorrichardsfarm.com, use promo code DTFF at checkout, get 5% off your order. That's fun. Also get free shipping if you buy three or more packs. And god damn, you should buy three or more packs because they're not going to last long. That's right. 
Well, thank you, Jake, for that. And yeah, definitely go check them out. They are amazing. We love them. Go support them. It's a small business. Spend your small dollars. Wisconsin business. That's right. There are Wisconsin friends here. So, so are we ready, Dustin? Let's do this. So you threw the show sheet together this week, Jake. So these these are all your who'd you'd rather for the rest of the season. Uh, and we're talking obvious here, redraft for just the rest of this season. Who do you want on your roster and why? So let's start with the quarterback position here. You have Sam Darnold currently at QB5 or Dak Prescott at QB13. Yeah, so currently, if you're just looking at these first four weeks and you see that, I mean, I don't think anybody saw Sam Darnold coming in like a wrecking ball, even if you believed in him and you thought, Darnold's underrated this year. You know, he's my sleeper. If you put him at QB5, please show me that documented somewhere because I need your help with the lottery tickets I'm about to purchase next week, if that's the case. But then Dak, I mean, I I was certainly high on Dak. I think most of us were, uh, assuming that he was fully healthy, sitting there at QB13. So this is where things get interesting. My overarching point with all this is if you're just looking at where they're currently statted out or where they're finishing after four weeks, it would be easy to say, well, give me Sam Darnold because he's eight spots higher than Dak Prescott is currently. But the, the thought process is going forward. Do we expect this to stay as is? Do we expect Darnold to falter eventually? Do we expect Dak to come back a little bit more than he has been? Dustin, what do you think going forward? Uh, I am on the team Dak side here. Uh, as great as Darnold has looked this first four weeks of the season, I I just, I mean, that offense with Dallas, I mean, as we we're just talking about uh, with CeeDee Lamb, uh, they got Mari Cooper, Gallup, Zeke, Pollard, Dalton Schultz, Blake Jarwin. I mean, they, they've got just a plethora of offensive weapons there, uh, let alone that Dak can run when needed as well. Uh, so that's mainly why I'll take them. And then when you look at the schedules, uh, Dallas has a slightly easier defensive schedule. I feel like for the remainder of the season, especially as you're going into the fantasy playoffs, you've got Dallas uh, week 15. Uh, they've got the giants and Washington, Arizona and Philadelphia for week 18. For those of you playing in the week 18 and then Carolina's got Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. So, I mean, that's just a buzzsaw of tough defenses. So, while I think Darnold should perform very well for the rest of the year up until the fantasy playoffs, I just I don't expect them to, to keep at the pace they are, and I expect Dallas to be able to pick it up and score more points than they have to start the year. So, that's why I go with Dak. Yeah, I think that's very fair, and it's hard for me to go against that because we haven't seen the ceiling of Dak this year, and I think that this is the ceiling for Sam Darnold right now, I mean, it would be hard for him to outperform what he's mm-hmm. already done. You mentioned the matchups there. Uh, it was interesting, you know, without CMC there, I thought Darnold's probably going to underperform this past week. He didn't. He was amazing this past week, so that's not the issue. And he still hasn't really unlocked Robbie Anderson this year either, so... I'm definitely not going away from Darnold, and I am taking him very seriously. But yes, I think Dak going forward here is still going to to recoup some of that magic from last year. Yep, and I just, 
realistically, I don't see Sam Darnold having a QB one week or multiple QB one weeks in him where Dak definitely has that ceiling where he can give you, you QB one, the QB one. Okay. Yeah. The overall QB one for a week. Uh, I, I just don't see Darnold having that ceiling to his game. Top five, top three. Sure. I mean, he's obviously number three overall right now, but on a, as for being QB one overall and having that ceiling to be up there. I just don't see that. And I I do see that from Dak. Totally fair. Now let's look at the other end of the spectrum here. Both very competent quarterbacks. We're talking about here established guys in their own way. And let's move the topic of a conversation over to the rookies. So Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Now, I didn't even include what their current finishes are because it doesn't really matter. It's not fair. Justin Fields, of course, has only really played, let's call it one and a half games because that first (laughs) game should not count in any sort of Mm -hmm. facet. It was terrible. But there's dysfunction in both of these camps with, of course, the Urban Meyer shenanigans that continue to come out affecting Trevor Lawrence and then Matt Nagy just being Matt Nagy and not knowing how to run a team or an offense, it feels, for Justin Fields. So if you had to, going forward, have one of these guys as your starting quarterback in redraft, who would you go with? I would probably go with Trevor only because I'm assured he's the starter for the remainder of the season. Where Fields, we just don't know. We don't know what's going to happen and at least I know with Trevor Lawrence, I'll get some points. I know their offense is a little beat up now, losing some players, but I don't care. Like, just give me the guy I know is going to play. <sighs> I get that. I get that impulse for sure. Uh, and if you're looking at, yeah, I just have to start one of them every game going forward. I agree with Trevor Lawrence. If you put it to the aspect of like, say that you're in a league where it makes sense to have a second quarterback mm-hmm. on your bench. And I'm choosing between these two for that. Then I would go with Justin Fields because I still maintain that his upside is much better if he's anointed finally and given the opportunity to play more than a couple of games. I still think his upside is going to be bigger. His rushing floor is going to be bigger. So I'd rather take the risk on the bench of Fields. But if I have to start one, yeah, the consistency, Lawrence. Like, it may not be pretty mm-hmm. all the time, and especially the behind-the-scenes thing. But we don't have to worry about behind-the-scenes. We just have to worry about what's on the field. That's right. So, That's right. It's a little, little bit mm-hmm. easier. This is kind of a dastardly one if we want to shift to running backs. And it feels disingenuous, but I think it's a real question to be had here. Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb for the rest of the season? Kareem Hunt has outscored him so far in PPR. He's RB8. Nick Chubb is RB13. Uh, it's it's a killer for Nick Chubb having Kareem Hunt out there, but does he keep up the level of excellence? I think so. I mean, there's a world where they both coexist and they're both fine uh, fantasy options for you. Uh, uh, it is a it's tough, tough one. I don't love it. I don't love it either. I guess... Um, I would stick with Nick Chubb um, as much as I love Kareem Hunt for his PPR upside catching the ball, the backfield. I know mm-hmm. that um, he's converted a lot of his goal line attempts recently, uh, well above his historical average. So I don't see that happening where I think Nick Chubb will probably end up getting more of those goal line uh, touches 
so so hunt should regress on that front i would think where nick chubb will get that and and you know he's gonna get the bulk of the carries so give me nick chubb yeah i think uh, you know kareem hunt has benefited from jarvis landry's absence for sure um with some of those catches but i also don't think they can afford to not do that uh even when you know he's back even when Jarvis Landry is back I still think that Kareem Hunt is going to continue getting a good enough target share where again it's consistency for me I'd rather bank on the targets than the touchdowns Mm -hmm. so for me at this point I'd honestly rather go with Kareem Hunt in Dynasty obviously it's a completely different story that is Chubb 1000% but for redraft purposes I'll be the guy taking those targets and and hoping for the best there Okay. All right, do we want to talk to Matt here real quick? His question about some waivers, it looks like. Sure. Sorry, I'm just pulling up some stats. Oh, jeez. I know. Oh, jeez, I didn't I mean to get in your way of your stat work. There. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Matt asks, how are these waiver wire pickups for tomorrow? So Cordero Patterson, who we talked about at the top of the show, I'm saying I'm starting him going forward until mm-hmm. he busts because I can't afford to keep him on the bench at this point. Then Damian Williams in Chicago and Jamison Crowder. Now he's saying he's mm-hmm. going to drop Tyson Williams, Alexander Madison, and Rondale Moore. Mm-hmm. So is there anybody that he's picking up that you'd say, no, keep one of the guys that you're dropping? The only one is Jamison Crowder. Um, Mm-hmm. I, just because we haven't seen him in that offense this year and, and what's really how that's going to play out. And that offense is so putrid anyway this year. Uh, where Rondale Moore, we've seen him with that upside already to start the year. Uh, but dropping Tyson and Madison, I don't have issues with that, especially if you're picking up Cordell and uh, Damian Williams. Now that Montgomery is going to be out for, they're saying, four to five weeks at least. So uh, that that's a good pickup there. I like that because uh, you know he's going to get the ball, and he looked pretty good in uh, in reserve coming in for uh, Montgomery this last week. Yeah, I don't mind that. I'm kind of with you on Crowder, but he was targeted at least in that game against Tennessee. Um, it's just tough to bank on a whole bunch of those mm-hmm. going forward. Uh, yeah, he could end up being the default option there. You know, the safety blanket for Zach Wilson. And I don't hate that. I think you're just limiting your upside a little bit there. I'm kind of curious about Alexander Madison if Dalvin Cook is going to be fully healthy or not. I I wouldn't be so quick to drop Madison. I'd maybe keep him for one more week to see if he is going to actually, if Cook is actually going to be able to suit up. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold on that just yet. And, of course, running backs... It's a fucking garbage fire right now. So if you have the opportunity to have a starter and a good one, which he is when Cook's out, Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to drop Madison. I do love Rondale Moore. I think it's just going to be really tough to project his boom games going forward. So I love him, but more of a dynasty play there. Okay. So drop Tyson Williams, though, for the love of God. And Cordero Patterson should absolutely be on your roster. Yes. Those are uh, 100%. Yes. Thank you, Matt, for going into the chat there and asking those questions so moving on to our next running back duo you want to talk about let's keep it going with the cordero patterson uh, discussions here he's gonna we should just rename this the cordero patterson show i think and i'm fine with that uh but rest of season cordero patterson currently the rb3 
or Joseph Mixon, RB16 after four games. Uh, I don't want this to be construed as Joe Mixon's slander. That's plainly, it's just where he is right now. He's RB16. He's meant to be the workhorse. And he arguably is, uh, except he does see some third down work. So do you rely on the volume or do you rely on the guy who's been splashing here, Dustin? As much as it pains me to say it, Give me Joe Mixon. Um, and again, <laughs> our, our views on Joe Mixon on this podcast are very clear, are, are very clear. But I mean, Joe Mixon, I, I, we can't expect Cordell or Patterson to have this type of production the rest of the season. At least I don't expect it. I, I He's been scoring, you know, like you said, he had three touchdowns this last week. I mean, if he scores more than one in a game moving on the rest of the season, I would probably be surprised. I just don't see that happening, especially with how terrible that Atlanta offense has been. As we talked about earlier with Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, we expect to see him start to get some more touchdowns and kind of produce better. You know, uh, Kyle Pitts hasn't really performed as what we had thought. I expect to see him improve there. And, you know, when you look at their snap percentages, respectively, you've got Patterson in the low 30s for average and then joe mixon is up near in the mid 70s on average through the first four weeks so i mean mixon's on the field he's getting the ball he's maybe hasn't been as involved in the passing game as we had hoped with geo being gone but when you have all those stud wide receivers it's kind of the same thing with zeke when you have all those stud wide receivers you don't necessarily need to dump off to the running back nearly as much so i i mean yeah he's a little capped in that aspect but he still can catch the ball, and I don't. I just don't expect Patterson to keep up this pace for the rest of the season. Yes, and exactly what you said at the last moment there. I want to throw a little bit of cold water on, and that's why I threw this one in there. Because even though I said, yeah, I do want to start Patterson until he busts, it's, it's a matter of time until he eventually does, because you can't maintain that efficiency forever, uh, unless mm-hmm. you're Tyler Lockett. Uh, and then he seems to be able to do it year over year, but he can't do it game to game either. And that's the same deal with Cordero Patterson. I did want to point out, you know, you said it's not ideal for Mixon to not be getting the targets we thought. He's gotten nine targets so far. Derrick Henry has more targets than he has. He has 15 targets on the year. It is concerning to me because mm-hmm. Chris Evans pops in on third downs. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan is out there kind of vulturing him and, Joe Mixon, to me, is Nick Chubb light right now, and it does scare me. But long-term for the season, I do trust the volume more. So, yes, I would rather have Joe Mixon above Cordero Patterson. It sounds fucking ridiculous to have to say out loud, but here we are in week five. Mm-hmm. Shit happening. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on to this one. This one's painful. Not because these guys are bad, but because we are pitting our drinking buddies against each other at the wide receiver position. And we, I think we can say we've both been very pleased with Mm -hmm. the results thus far. Debo Samuel, currently wide receiver three versus Brandon Cooks, who is wide receiver nine, had a down showing this past week Did Brandon Cooks. Uh, Tons of targets, as always, ended up with just about 10 fantasy points. And that's basically his floor. But Debo fucking crushing it this past week. 
and you called it out. I had him on my bench as well <laughs> in my <laughs> home league in favor of Brandon Cooks, thinking that the volume I wanted to rely on there. So it's as simple as this. Do you think Debo's role is going to continue as it has been? Or are you worried about it enough that you would put Brandon Cooks over him at this point? Yeah, I'm sticking with my drinking buddy. Uh, <laughs> I uh, Not much more to say there. No. Um, yeah, I expect Debo to continue to get the workload. Yeah, we, we saw Brandon Ayuk become more involved over the last couple weeks. Uh, George Kittle still involved. But when you look at their target share for the just the Niners, uh, Debo has been the number one target on that team. Uh, even over Kittle, over Ayuk, every single week this season. And it shows. And he's he's balling out like I thought he would. A uh, little humble brag there uh, after four weeks. <laughs> Not very humble if you ask me. I know. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, both players have been outstanding. I mean, they both have had really great weeks. Uh, Brandon Cooks has been a little bit more consistent where Debo's had a couple of nice really boom weeks and then a couple okay weeks. But, I mean, that Houston offense, especially with Tyrod out now, is just just listless. If Tyrod was still in, it might be a little bit different story because they were targeting him so much and they seem to have a pretty good chemistry going on. Yeah. But I, I just have more faith in that San Francisco offense right now. And I know there's a little bit more weapons for Debo to contend with. But I think he's proven why we were all so high on him a couple years ago uh, as, as the kind of alpha on that team, even even with Ayuk there. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I love Brandon Cooks, obviously, and both of them I have mm-hmm. a lot of faith in going forward. But yeah, if I had to choose one, it is Debo. And it's because Debo has been actually just as consistent in Co- as Cooks has been with the targets. You know, the, the least targets or the fewest targets, if I can speak like a native speaker here, uh, that Debo has had is eight in a game. That's his lowest in a single game is eight targets for Debo Samuel. Yeah, Kittle could come eventually, and maybe mm-hmm. he's a little bit more banged up than, than we thought. But even when he was healthy at the start there, it just wasn't, it wasn't affecting Debo at all. So if you can get both of them in your rosters, great, because they're going to be fucking magnificent. But... Yeah, I'd rather have the opportunity for yards with Samuel. Cooks, like, you can get 14 targets for Brandon Cooks, but you're going to walk away from it with, like, 90 yards right now because that's just (laughs) where it is and probably not much more than that uh, at best. So great for both for PPR. For standard, it's astoundingly Debo Samuel. Mm -hmm. For PPR, I still win Debo. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, Jake, before we move on here, I do want to pay off my other bet here. Um, for the Najee Harris thing here. So here, here's my other shot, Jake. <laughs> no, Jake, congratulations. You are an amazing fantasy football analyst slash prognosticator. Congratulations. Thank you kindly. Much appreciated, sir. And good on you for doubling up. I wouldn't have even put it, you know, held it against you if you decided to wait and pay one off tomorrow, you know, on a random Tuesday at 630 here doing both. You're doing the Lord's work, paying those two guys off. Yeah, well, we were, yeah. you know, we were doing shots during the Packer game as they were scoring touchdowns. Granted, they weren't quite so one right after the other, but point remains, we were still doing shots. So um, that felt good. It did. We and, can talk about that a little bit later, too, because that, that game was just so nice to watch. Wasn't and it'll it? probably help me sleep tonight, to be honest. 
<laughs> Grandpa's got to take his medicine. That's right. Fall asleep later. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, I don't want to rub salt in the wounds here with this one. This was unintentional, but of the timing. But we got to talk about the elephant in the room. So we were talking before we came on air. You had Mike Williams in your mm -hmm. lineup there. Uh, and holy shit, did that do a 180 from the previous three weeks. Mike Williams still wide receiver five somehow, even after that, like two point scoring yesterday, mm -hmm. which is impressive as hell. Calvin Ridley, a guy we talked about a little bit earlier, sitting at wide receiver 22. It's not the season that we wanted for Ridley to this point. Not the season for that offense outside of Cordero Patterson that we wanted. So what's your confidence level? Are you shaken to your core by last night from Mike Williams or are you okay? I'm really not shaken. I mean, obviously it's concerning when any player that you're kind of depending on to have a big week for you, as we've seen out of Mike Williams last few weeks. And it's the same thing with Calvin Ridley. Like, it's concerning, but one week a season does not make. Uh, Joe Lombardi there in in uh, L.A., he's said all offseason, and it's turned out to be right, we're going to use Mike Williams in the... Oh, I just blanked. Yes. I, I just blanked. Yes. Michael Thomas role. That's it. Holy crap. Oh, sure. Wow. <laughs> it's that second shot that did it to you. Apparently. All of a sudden, that's a fucking memory wipe. <laughs> yes. He, he said that he they were going to use him in that Michael Thomas role, uh, a little yeah. bit more closer to the line as opposed to being that down the field 50-50 catch guy. And you know what? Through four weeks of the season, that's held out to be true. Now, that being said... Still very high in Calvin Ridley, as we talked about with our drunk trade. I do like him, and I do expect him to rebound. I mean, that Atlanta offense, there's too many good pieces on there for them not to move the ball down the field. Let's be honest, they're going to be playing from behind pretty much every single week because their defense is still horrible. So I do expect Calvin Ridley to rebound. But let's be honest, that uh, NFC South... You've got Tampa Bay, you've got New Orleans, Carolina's defense hasn't looked too bad. So, I mean, that's six games right there uh, against fairly stout defenses. So I think I will take Mike Williams just for the rest of this season, just just this year. Uh, I do like what I've seen so far out of it. Um, yeah, like I said, this last week was kind of a blip on the radar. I I expect them to get back to normal if it's just... I didn't watch the game, I'll be honest. So I don't know if the game just got away from them. I don't know if the uh, uh, lightning delay kind of screwed up their mojo they had going or something. I don't know. Uh, but I, I I have a little bit more confidence right now in that Chargers offense and, and how they're using Mike Williams rather than my confidence in the Atlanta offense. And I completely buy that. I am with you 100% in buying in on the offense. And if I have to choose an offense, it's for sure the Chargers. As somebody who did watch the game, it was concerning. Mike Williams, and they talked about it ad nauseum, was lined up on like a 5'9 cornerback the entire game and still didn't see targets. It was weird. It was Jared Cook, which I love Jared Cook. Mm -hmm. So it was great to see him involved. But he was super heavily involved. Keenan Allen always gets his, and Mike Williams just disappeared for what, to me, looked like no good reason. They got up early with a lead, sure, but then the Raiders did come back, and they were forced into throwing positions. So it was fucking weird. It was hmm. bizarre. Now, Calvin Ridley, the thing that you know about Calvin is he's never going to disappear. 
there's no chance that he just doesn't get targeted in the game. And that's what's so reassuring to me. Same deal as with Debo. His fewest targets on a game has been eight. Eight targets, 10 targets, 11 targets, 13 targets. He's seeing the workload. It is just tough because Matt Ryan's not clicking right now. Mm -hmm. And Cordero Patterson is vulturing touchdowns from him. And so you add a couple of extra touchdowns on to Ridley's stat total. I mean, you can say that for everybody, of course. Of course. In this way, it actually makes sense. He should be getting those. It's weird that he hasn't. And and Pitts hasn't been the one stealing from him either. That would be a different situation. If Kyle Pitts was getting that, then you're like, okay, we have a new red zone threat. Cordero Patterson is not going to be your long-term red zone threat there. So I'm still leaning Ridley for the rest of the season. Um, and he has great matchups on the horizon, which is good. These next couple, just the Jets and the Dolphins, should be mm-hmm. really good for him to feast on. Um, but I'm not losing faith in Mike Williams at all. I just never thought that he would finish as a wide receiver one. I think he's an amazing wide receiver two. I think Ridley eventually comes up to uh, that fringe wide receiver one stats, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, it's it's, it's uh, you know six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, whatever that saying is. I mean... I don't think either way. The foot. I don't think either way you're going to be uh, disappointed, really. Um, if if you're lucky, you'll have both of them on your squad, and you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, if you're so lucky, uh, you must be speaking entirely in hypotheticals. I'm sure. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, that's not my team. <laughs> that's all. I want to call out Brad Montgomery in the chat. What's up, guys? How y'all dern? What's he said dern. He's. he's I don't like what happened there at all, and I'm just going <laughs> to remove that from the screen because that's what caused you to do that. And so never uh. again. <laughs> I just want to call out. He said Dern, and he spelled it Dern with D-E-R-N-N, and I've never nice. seen that. But, of course, that, that that's the only way you can say it then. So mm-hmm. good good work, Brad. Nice. A little throwback <laughs> to the late 90s there for all of our over 30 <laughs> listeners. <laughs> oh, dear God. Uh, Chase had one more question. Uh, is Brady and Antonio Brown, I assume he means Tom Brady, but it could really be any Brady. Uh, are they an every week quarterback one flex stack? Oof. So is Brady an every week quarterback one? I is think, AB yeah. An- I, that, okay. yes. I, I think QB one, yes. I mean, you'd be, yeah. I, I have no issues starting Brady every week. Okay. Okay. Now, Antonio Brown every week flex that raises an eyebrow for me. I don't think I'm willing to do that yet. Yeah. Same. I know uh, he had that real heavy week one usage, but since then it's kind of dropped off until he gets a little bit more involved or we see a little bit more consistency. I I would probably hold off on that uh, stack for now, Mm -hmm. but it's just something to keep an eye on, I guess, as the season progresses. Yeah. And he got really involved this last week because Gronk was out. Right. And that's the deal. If Gronk is in, then Antonio Brown is not in every... If for some reason Gronk misses a whole big chunk of games, for that stretch, mm-hmm. I'm willing to concede. Right. Yes. Yes. Antonio Brown, flex for sure, go for it. But while Gronk is out there and everybody else is healthy, no, it's still matchup dependent for me. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Um, one more here from Brad. Since, since I can get the Dern off the screen and, and hopefully the what's up does not follow. Would y'all take Chase or McLaurin, Mangs? That was hilarious, by the way. That was Thank in you. reference to your, Thank you. Uh, your what's up. 
But would you do Chaser McLaurin? Oof, that is tough. I think I'm going to say McLaurin only because mm. there's not a lot of great other options on that team. I know you've got Logan Thomas. Mm-hmm. You've got Curtis Samuel that just came back, but he just came back from injury. And we know we were all expecting great things with Fitzmagic in there. But since he's out for the season or for most of the season here, uh, I think I'd take McLaurin as kind of the more sure thing where Chase, yeah, he's still competing with Tyler Boyd and T Higgins, who I know was out this last week. But, I mean, there's still three very, very talented wide receivers on that team. Where, I mean, where people saying that uh, T. Higgins was a wide receiver one before that Chase was drafted onto the team. So, I mean, you essentially have two alpha-style receivers on that squad with a very talented Tyler Boyd. Um, so that's why I would take McLaurin. Mad props to Tyler Boyd. Glad that you you put his name out into the ether. He's doing very well. He's wide receiver mm-hmm. twenty four, I think, so far on the on the year. Um, I don't for this one buy into the too many mouths as much. It's not quite like Tampa Bay to me mm-hmm. because Chase is still the touchdown magnet, and it's tough to rely on touchdowns. Of course, you don't want to rely only on that. But even with Higgins healthy and Boyd out there, it still seemed like he was really going after his college buddy there. Burrow was just, and I don't know if that was just him trying to make a statement, but it's hard for me to think that goes away. Mm -hmm. I've never been as big of a McLaurin guy, though. So I have to put that out there. I think it's probably just prior bias here. Because I do love Curtis Samuel, and his first game back, he didn't get a ton of work. And that's going to increase throughout the year, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if if Fitzpatrick was the starting quarterback, I might be more inclined to say McLaurin because of those bomb touchdowns. With Heineke, he's a better fantasy asset, but I don't think he's better for McLaurin. So we're split. We're split, Brad. So that's, that's yeah. sad. Sorry we weren't much help there. <laughs> <laughs> Pick your favorite. Uh, and and ride with it into the sunset, mm-hmm. I guess. All right, back to this one here. Let's move into tight ends. Mm-hmm. This one, uh, we just talked about Gronk and obviously the impact he makes on the field in relation to Antonio Brown, but he's tight end three, and that's having missed a game. Tight end three overall having only played three games versus George Kittle, who most of us had ranked tight end three coming into the season. He's tight end 10 right now. And what what's the fucking trajectory with these teams? Like, can Gronk possibly maintain that standard and can Kittle come up to it? Well, I think Gronk has been buoyed very much by those duo of two touchdown games. Uh, I know I said it after that first week uh, when I ran the solo show that I don't see that continuing. He proved me wrong the very next week, which was which was a huge blow to my ego. Uh, but I honestly let's 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 be honest. You're not going to see a touchdown or two every single game from Gronk. I just that that would be the tight end season of all tight end seasons uh, if, if that happened. I just I just don't see it. Where with Kittle, uh, yeah, he's been banged up a little bit. But the encouraging thing with George Kittle is that uh, you've you've seen his target share go up every single week throughout this season. Where Gronk, he's kind of decreased slightly, uh, 
and again, that just might be a great game script dependent thing. But the I just like it the fact for Kittle that he's being more involved and targeted even more in that offense every single week. Uh, so that means he's getting healthy. They're not using him just as that blocking tight end, which both tight ends are good blocking tight ends as well as receivers. So uh, they play very similar styles there. I just think um, I just yeah I just don't see Gronk long term keeping up with those touchdowns that we've seen. Yeah, I get that. And I've been calling for the regression since week one on Gronk. I think mostly because of the fucking guy in our home league who drafted him in like the third or fourth round, whatever that was. Brent, mm-hmm. I think that took him in the third or fourth. I think ever since that moment, I've just been praying that this blows up in his face. But it has not yet. It has not yet. I was just about to say it seemed like Kittle was being used more as a blocker to start the season, which was terrifying Mm -hmm. for you if you rostered Kittle great if you rostered Debo Samuel but terrible if it was the other way Um, I do think that if there's a boat that's more likely to rise it's Kittle above Ayuk I think Ayuk is still my biggest concern on the San Francisco offense there Kittle I think will come back to be respectable and I just it's not even health with Gronk I mean he almost never plays a full 16 true besides last year wildly but I would say, even health aside, yes, give me Kittle, who is more likely to not have to compete as much with, which is fucking weird because we love Brandon mm-hmm. Ayuk and how amazing he is a wide receiver. But he's just been taken out of the equation for the time being. So, yeah, for me, I'd still ugh, just barely go Kittle. Gronk is re-earning my respect, though. Well, let me let me put it that way. Um, last one here. I, apparently I'm obsessed with the Atlanta offense and that's all I want us to talk about, <laughs> but Kyle Pitts, who is currently tight end 19 or Logan Thomas, who is currently tight end 20 on the season, both disappointments. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not that disappointed in Logan Thomas cause I don't really give a shit about Logan Thomas coming into the year, but I love Kyle Pitts. So can the rookie get on track? Does Logan Thomas earn back his share from last year? I think both things are possible. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I respect both of them a lot, and that's how I want to answer the question. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Can Kyle Pitts become more involved? Yes, he can. And do I think he will? Yes, I think he will. I mean, when you look at, obviously, they're neck and neck right in the, the standings. So when you're looking at all their stats, and some of the more advanced stats, they are wildly close to each other uh, most weeks here. Like, it's it's crazy. I just, you know, I, I would expect Kyle Pitts to start getting some touchdowns. Um, but I do like Logan Thomas as well. Um, as I said just previously with Terry McLaurin, you know, there's not a lot of other great options in that offense. Uh, they're both seeing great target share. Um, God, this is a tough one, Jake. Why'd you pick this one to end on? That's why I picked it, man. Because this is a fucking tough call. And folks, like, a lot of these, yeah, maybe you're lucky enough to have both these guys on your roster. With this one, hopefully you don't have two tight ends if you don't need to. Mm -hmm. But if you are in desperate need of help at the position, which most people are, these are a couple of names that it feels it feels gross to drop either one right now, but it kind of feels gross to play both of them. I don't think you could drop or you should drop either of them because they're both going to be involved with their offenses. I mean, Logan Thomas had a great season last year. Kyle Pitts, I if I had to pick one, and obviously that's the game, uh, mm-hmm. I would pick Kyle Pitts. I would expect him to become 
more involved and more comfortable in that offense. You have to remember he is a rookie this season, and all rookies just don't jump out right away, especially at the tight end position, and perform how you would expect them to. So I think there is a bit of a learning curve there for him, and he will become more involved, and I think I think he will improve as the season goes on and should end up as a tight end one to end the season. I know that's not a high bar to reach for, but that's the bar I'm reaching for right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fine. You reach for whatever you gotta. Uh, it is worth pointing out that, of course, Logan Thomas hurt his hamstring mm-hmm. on Sunday. So, you know, that's why he didn't show up in your stat sheet there. And prior to that, he was playing 100% of the snaps in the mm-hmm. first three games. So that's wonderful. Of course, that's what you'd like to see as a tight end constantly being out there. Um, the targets weren't necessarily there. The touchdowns were and it's tough to bank on touchdowns, Yeah, I still have faith in the unicorn. I still have faith that Kyle Pitts is going to be much more of a receiver. He's looked so good mm-hmm. out there. Honestly, I mean, whatever your expectations are for the rookie quote-unquote tight end, I think he's looked fantastic. And if the, tight, if the touchdowns start to come with those red zone looks, then, yeah, that's fucking all you need. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm just hoping... Maybe to put a bow on this show. I'm hoping that Atlanta can become the offense that I invested in so heavily throughout this offseason. Thinking this was the last ride of Matt Ryan and it's going to be great for those guys. Kyle Pitts is going to get Julio Jones-esque numbers by the end of the season. That's honestly still within the realm of possibility. Uh, I'm talking late stage Julio Mm -hmm. numbers there. I think it's possible in the back half of this season. So hold out hope. I will take Pitts over Logan Thomas just by a hair. And that's that. All right. So we got one more question here from the chat. There we go. I know buttons. So this is from Brad. I have Barkley and Joe Mixon both on bye weeks on week 10. Should I be concerned? I do have Fournette and Patterson, so I feel like I might be okay. And then he goes on to say, thinking about trading Mixon and Cordell for Henry or something like that. Well, if if for some reason you're able to make Mixon and Patterson for a Henry trade work, you should do that regardless. Whatever, regardless of what your team looks like, that should 100% be a move. I think that would be a tough sell personally. Like I'm thinking if I'm the Derrick Henry guy, accepting that would not be in my wheelhouse right now, but it's possible. So send out the offer and see if it's uh, see if it works. Mm-hmm. I will say we're talking about Cordero Patterson not being the answer probably for the entirety of the season. We're talking week 10 here. Look, bye weeks are what they are. And if you can get by with your couple of guys missing that week, you probably don't know that just yet. And you might have a better idea in week mm-hmm. eight. Do I really need to worry about it? I don't think you worry about it right now. I think if there is an option on the waiver that you can pick up just as a fill-in for one yep. or two of those guys in Week 10, you do that. I don't think you make a move right now just anticipating that, though. I don't think you have to worry, even though I hate Fournette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's also too early to know. I hate to say it if you're a contender or pretender. I mean, a lot can change over the next four or five weeks of the season where, you know, my team you know, is 3-1 and one right now. I could very easily be three and six after the next few weeks. You know, it, it, I mean, the fantasy season is is a is a fickle mistress. 
I was just about to use the word fickle. How did you know? I was going to say beast, though, instead of mistress. That was going to be my go-to, but so whatever. I mean, basically fucking same. But yeah, and I mean, if you're sitting in a really good spot going into week 10, you know, maybe, yeah, you you know, you, you I wouldn't worry about it. You know, you can pick up maybe, like Jake said, a guy off the waiver wire. You play the guys you have. Maybe you'll end up taking a loss that week, but hopefully it's just one week. You bounce back after that. Like Jake said, you can't really do much about the the bye weeks and and when they land and with your players. I mean, it just kind of is what it is. You take your lumps if you have a bad bye week. And like I said, hopefully the rest of the the season is good to you other than that one week. Yep. Yep. Fuck bye weeks. I think that's the slogan of the show. Uh, Hey, Cordero Patterson and fuck bye weeks. We can make that our little blurb in iTunes. I think that'll be wonderful. <laughs> Anyways, well, those are the names that I had there. Is there anybody else at all that you wanted to bring up? No, no. For for our Who'd You Rather, I think that about covers it for this week. Yes. So, do you, did you have anyone else before we no. God, hit no, a couple I, more things and get out of here? I poured my soul into those, uh, those this or that's. I can so tell. Let's... Let's yeah. wrap it up. All right. So quick hit, Jake. Start of the week, one player. Who do you got? I'll make it short and sweet. Daryl Henderson, if he is on the field this weekend against the Seahawks, which he should be, he looks perfectly fine right now, uh, he has to be in your lineups. Daryl Henderson, not only has he been wonderful for fantasy up until this point, he was a top 10 guy right before he went down with that injury, but now he gets the Seahawks second worst in the league against running backs right now and you goddamn well start even a mediocre running back against seattle right now and i know some folks like joe zolo for instance from club fantasy ffl would like to think daryl henderson is a mediocre running back but for fantasy he is actually well above average and this matchup is just so fucking tasty mm-hmm Yep, and my start of the week is sam darnold versus philadelphia you got to ride that hot hand right now. Uh, in Philadelphia, they've actually been middle of the road against uh, quarterbacks for the season. I mean, I know you had last week against the Chiefs where you gave up five touchdowns, but Dallas, they gave up three touchdowns. The Niners, they gave up a touchdown. Uh, they don't. They haven't given up a lot of rushing yards to quarterbacks yet, and that's obviously not Darnold's strength, but... I just feel like you got to stick with the hot hand right now. Darnold has been doing really well, and I think that's going to continue at least for one more week here. I like that. Are you saying that I should have picked up Darnold last week instead of Heineke? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <sighs> it was enough to get the win. I guess that's all that matters. But that's I am regretting that actually right now. <laughs> I, I do wish I had made that move. And in that league where we only have 10 waiver pickups, mm-hmm. I don't want to burn another one. On another quarterback, so mm-hmm. fuck me, I guess, right? But <laughs> I will say it's been weird that Darnold has actually been so good rushing lately. His touchdowns, rushing five touchdowns on the ground for Sam Darnold mm-hmm. through four games is is bonkers, and that's not going to hold up either. No, he absolutely not. No, he don't need it. So do you dare, Dustin, do you dare revisit a beer bet? Of course. This out? Of course. Okay. All right. I don't mind Appreciate doing it. shots, and I know you don't mind doing shots. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a win-win for everyone on this podcast. So the one Fair. I came up this week for us, Jake, and I will let you choose which side you want. Okay. So it's Antonio Gibson 
or Alvin Kamara in PPR? Who outscores the other? So a little context here. So right now in PPR leagues, you've got Alvin Kamara sitting at 15th overall with 57.9 points on the season. And you've got Antonio Gibson 17th overall with 54 points on the season. Mm. And and who are the matchups? They're each other. That's why I picked them. So you've got oh. New Orleans versus Washington. Both solid defenses. Yeah. Hey, here's uh, my guess is I, I don't want to be the um, the guy running around claiming that the sky is falling on Alvin Kamara. So I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara here. Washington's run defense is a little bit softer or has been to this point. Actually, quite a bit softer than New Orleans. Although I believe that uh, New Orleans has given up quite a bit more targets to the running backs. But with J.D. McKissick there eating into Gibson's target share, I'm going to lay firm on the Camara train here. Okay. That's fine by me. Okay. I don't know why I just did that with the little button. I'm learning all these <laughs> buttons. If anybody's watching the show, I've never been accessed uh, via the admin thing. I never, I've never had the controls at my figgy tips. And before. you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, I just want to fuck with everything. <laughs> oh, Jake. Fun. This is the fun you get to have every week that I've been missing out on, huh? <laughs> uh, all right, so anything else here, Jake, before we head out? Uh, just a reminder to all the folks out there, make sure you go out and check your waiver wires for dropped players. Uh, for those of, of you that are making waiver claims, you don't get them. See who your teammates uh, or league mates dropped because you never know. There could be a gem out there that they drop because they feel like they're desperate and they have to make a move to pick up a hot hand if someone's injured and you can afford to uh, take on that injury for a couple weeks. Make good moves like that. So uh, definitely make sure you're checking out your waiver wire. I love it. Okay. Anything else, Jake? No, this has just been a really successful week mm-hmm. for me, and I'm very happy about it, and I hope that that continues going into next week for this home league. I, I hope and so I hope that you. you write your ship, too. I hope you write your ship as well. And, I'm sure uh, I will. Get that win in week five. All right, Jake, before we get out of here, why don't you tell folks out there where they can find you? You can find me being a dick just like I was just now, Dustin, <laughs> on Twitter, <laughs> at Jake Trowbridge. And you can find me at FF Dusty Dog, and you can find the show at Drinking Fantasy. Thanks for everyone that was in the chat today. It was a lot of fun interacting with you. We love the questions. Uh, feel free to hit us up in any of our DMs. We'll answer any of your start sick questions, trade questions, life questions. You name it, we're there for you. We, we, we will provide you answers. Uh, and until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Oh, oh, wrong button. There we go. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs>